this is the native stock show episode 7 i am your host richard kuptang and uh, our today guest is none other than the only ashan e- nurani uh, his contribution to the bu- bollywood music scene is quite immense from you know dil chahta hai to baag milka baag to many others welcome to the show ashan thank you richard thank you very much how are you how have you how have you been keeping up with these days with the lockdown and the pandemic well actually uh, well actually the first four four or five months i mean i was literally just at home all the time you mm-hmm. know i mean but i took advantage of the time by practicing and getting to do stuff which i don't normally do you know so mm-hmm. i took a lot of time doing pra- practicing stuff and then you know i don't know if you check but i was going on instagram live every night yeah and uh, which was fantastic i came across so much talent on instagram live uh, especially from the northeast actually quite a few people from the northeast and like you know i've always known that there's such good talent there but you know mm. a lot of them especially uh, mizoram and all they're so far away and uh, there's not much exposure you know to people out here mm-hmm. um uh, meghalaya of course you know through woodrudi and people you know people are exposed but like nagaland and then you know you get even further mizoram so so it's been uh, very very uh, enlightening to see all the talent from all over india mm-hmm. and from the northeast and uh, so that you know so i didn't make the best of the time which i had now i mean i'm slowly getting back to work you know few days on few days off which is good but in limited amounts i mean i'm just working alone with a keyboard player and like shankar and lois still can't come mm-hmm. to the studio so yeah so i'm doing my thing what i you know what i need to do and it's kind of keeping me going and you also been keeping yourself busy with portrait right yes yes <laughs> yes yeah yeah uh, i just upgraded to the new version and i'm quite yeah. enjoying it have you seen the work done by seb lester uh, i don't no, know no i haven't not okay you you should check him out because uh, you know he has been on the uh, the ad that uh, pro, um, ipad pro when it was launched the ad uh-huh. on the ad he was part of that as well so Wow. Uh, he his uh, his the way he used procreate is quite different from what everybody is doing so yeah, may, maybe you can send me a link or something then i can you know check him out sure 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 i will yeah. do that and i uh, while you're mentioning that you've been going live on instagram i saw an article uh, regarding your exploration on the northeast are uh, yeah and uh, uh, just just quick question on that uh, how uh, what are the states that you have already visited on the northeast I've only been to uh, Shillong and only to Meghalaya and I've not been anywhere else and I've always mm. wanted to from so long actually but only last year did it work out for me to go to Shillong I went for mm. International Blues Day and performed with Rudy and people there which was uh, which is really nice mm. I would love to go to Nagaland and to Mizoram I mean I know so many musicians there now in the last few months and um, you know there's this uh, news channel called Northeast Live and yeah, yeah. Uh, and i one day by mistake i mistake i got onto the channel and there was a show that was just starting called northeast beats mm-hmm. on it you know mm-hmm. which had uh, mixed music from everywhere and that's when i came across uh, the song called down that road by uh, by an artist from nagaland called virie mm-hmm. she's from uh, kohima mm-hmm. and she had a partner called zaza and the two of them did this song together mm-hmm. and when i heard that i was just so amazed into the terms of the uh, how good the songwriting was and the production and everything you know and uh, so i got very interested and in, i used to keep following that program mm. came across a lot of artists even from uh, even from uh, from mizoram like now the band avora records yeah, you know i heard yeah. some of their stuff 
then there's a very good singer there called Mami Varte. Mami Varte. She's yeah. very good. Yeah, and then of course I knew a singer. I mean, she was in Bombay now. She's gone back to Mizoram. I think she will come back eventually. She sang on a background score for Razi. Her name is uh, Sangte yeah. Kuptong. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's why I asked you, are you from Mizoram because <laughs> of the surname? You know? Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. And then from Nagaland, there's so many other people like Abdon Mek. You mm. know, there's of course Virier. There's uh, there's a lot of other people, and I can't just remember the names yeah. off the off the top of my head. But yeah, you know, it's very happy to see that you know there's such good talent. We've always known that the northeast has got so much good talent, you know, but mm-hmm. they're never exposed because just the way it is, I think geographically or whatever. But uh, you know, they've never got that exposure. So I would love for them to be heard by people. Now there's another, there's another, uh, uh, there's another band from Nagaland called Moondrip. Mm-hmm. They just released a single mm-hmm. and. Uh, Luckily, you know, I spoke. To, you know, I know the guys at Spotify very well. Mm. So they called me up, asking me that is there anybody you think that we should put on the Spotify list? You know, the playlist, mm-hmm. because those playlists get a lot of exposure internationally. Yeah, yeah. So I suggested their name. I've suggested a few artists. You know, mm-hmm. and let's see, as and when they release stuff, you know, I I hope they get the kind of exposure that they should get. They did that. They deserve because they're so good. You know. And do you think that there is a barrier between uh, the, the the main lane and the northeast state with regards to uh, the language? Because most of us don't really uh, are not very fluent with Hindi and you know singing Bollywood songs, and we're not very well versed well, with uh, that. Yeah, I know that is there. Mm. That is there. But uh, I mean, there's nothing really to stop mm-hmm. anyone from singing in the language. You know, I mean, yeah, it yeah. it takes a little practice because. I guess as far as Bollywood's concerned, as you know, the accent mm. and the way the words are pronounced, they all very, very, very stuck up about that. But, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, I mean, on the other hand, there's also the local music, which you know can be so much more promoted and combined, mm-hmm. you know, with uh, thing. But having said that, there's so many musicians from the northeast who are part of Bollywood. Yeah, you know, guitar players mm-hmm. and keyboard players and all who are you know here doing work mm-hmm. and people from Assam, and you know, and places like that. But yes, I guess that there is that language barrier. You know, there would be that Hindi thing, but uh, which is unfortunate because there's such good talent there. You know? Yeah, and mostly, you know, back uh, back in northeast, uh, most of us, everyone is like self-taught, right? If, when it yes. comes to guitar and everything, music. So, uh, do you think that's uh, one of the key that is missing there, or? Uh, well, actually, you know, like the thing is that you know, I mean, when I. Uh, when i visited shillong you know i mm. mean i thought that people would just you know when i'm talking to people and all i thought they would just know me for you know coming and playing the blues thing mm. but then realized that all of them knew me as the bollywood music composer which i was kind of surprised you know and then then i started seeing that that even once you know that calcutta airport mm. there was a whole bunch of girls who were from nagaland who were going back to kohima mm. who saw shankar loy and i the three of us we were at the airport and they were completely Gaga about getting photographs with us, and also I was talking to them. I said I thought that Bollywood is not popular in the northeast, you know, for some mm-hmm. reason. But apparently it is, you know. So I mean, yeah. so obviously because of media and because of the internet, it's all become very popular all over. A uh, lot of people might really want to know how a very simple one, but how many guitars do you currently have? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got 
I've got over 30 guitars. Oh god. Maintaining that. Yeah, but I can see I can see you've got quite a few at the back there. Oh yeah. Uh, those are just a normal one I would say. Uh uh-huh. yeah. But uh, I also know that you're a, quite an encyclopedia for a Stratocaster. Yes, actually I'm very very interested in guitars. I'm, I'm been, it's like a passion, you know. Mhm. to know about the guitars about the stratocaster about fender guitars mm. about paul reed smith yeah you know stuff like that and it's um, it's a passion you know so i mean for me it's nice to live a dream you know and mm. i have a you know i have a lot of gratitude for that and, and so i heard and i guitars heard, was part of the dream yeah and i heard you mention somewhere that you know in mumbai people used to come and ask you ashant uh, what is this uh, uh, is this genuine or not uh, when it comes to fender yeah <laughs> But actually, yeah, people do. A lot of people uh, do ask me for advice, you mm. know, regarding the guitars and regarding buying it. I mean, every day I get messages on Facebook and on, you know, Instagram mm. you know, that I want to buy this guitar. What's your recommendation and uh, stuff? And I love to share all that because it is a passion, and I can imagine what someone is going through when they're buying, you know, one mm. of their first guitars and you know, spending a lot of money on it. So that way. <laughs> I understand because you know it's uh, it's an addiction I would say uh, getting gears and then you know because yeah I know gas gas it's called gas right yeah yeah exactly. gear acquisition syndrome exactly exactly <laughs> yeah and uh, the stage uh, this year is going to have a audition for all ages right yeah well if it happens now I'm not very sure mm-hmm. about what is happening about the stage there was some rumor about it. but they haven't informed me yet okay. you know so i don't i don't really know what's happening but i think uh, it probably won't happen this year because if they're going to inc- include younger people it's too risky right now exactly and uh, so i guess they'll wait i mean i know that indian idol shooting has started mm-hmm. so i don't know how it's going to work and what is the security and what is the you know what is the uh, precautions that they're taking i'm pretty sure they're taking precautions mm-hmm. but i guess uh, we'll have to wait and see yeah yeah and you know i was uh, going through some of your talk show and you know some of the uh, videos that you were involved in uh, uh-huh, so uh-huh. you you mentioned one thing that uh, that really interest me like you mentioned you know you you need to take humility and uh, humility yeah. as a is it's a very important role because you can't Definitely. you can't go out and say that no i'm not going to play this kind of music i'm not going to do this kind of songs no and, way uh, yeah no way yeah and you said that you need to be open towards uh, you know all kind of music genre in order to be right. able to pay the bills so yeah can you talk a little bit more on that well actually uh, it was a t- it was a thing that was taught to me when i went to musicians institute you know mm. when i you know to you know you talk to some of the best musicians there and uh, famous musicians who would say that you do the gig that comes your way yeah, yeah. you know i mean you got two options one is not to do it mm. and uh, the other one is to starve yeah you know what i mean yeah so So the thing is for as a working musician you should take whatever work comes your way. Now if you I believe now if you hear a song like Material Girl by uh, Madonna mm-hmm. the drums on that is played by Dave Wackel who's like a fusion drummer you know mm. a jazz rock one of the most famous jazz rock drummers there is going there and playing nothing. Yeah. That's it. But he would do it because because it's work yeah. Mm. He pays the bills you know. Yeah yeah. So you've got to do what comes your way, you know. Like I did jingles, I played for films, I played, I did everything. I played in a nightclub, you know, for a little while mm. and stuff like that. But you've got to do all that. A, it is, uh, it's an income. B, it's experience. You know, this yeah. experience that will always 
be with you. Mm-hmm. You know, because we did this nightclub thing. I remember when I was playing with Louis Banks. Uh-huh. We did uh, one month at a, at a nightclub. And uh, Louis Banks kept pulling out jazz tunes, which I never heard of. Mm. So Carl Peters and I uh, would be standing, looking over Louis' shoulder at the book on his keyboard and trying to read the chart, you know, <laughs> while while yeah. playing. It was too much. It was, mm. it was something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I can't... Uh, I used to uh, begin with the st- uh, staff notation, how to write it. Uh, yeah. In the beginning, I was quite uh, okay, uh, but uh, I gave up because it was quite too much because uh, uh, some somewhere it restricted me from playing. <laughs> and it, it, right. it almost uh, hits the point where I don't want to play anymore. So I said, I'm going to not read it anymore. <laughs> but I know it's correct, important. Correct. And, and, you know... Uh, you also mentioned that uh, you know it's uh, it's important to track down your uh, heroes like for example i listen to buddy guy a lot and uh, I- 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 like you've mentioned you have to you know understand what who buddy guy is inspired and right. you know you have to track down that uh, can you explain yes. to me why is that important well actually see the thing is like you know i'll take an example of one guitar player for me who's mm. my one of my biggest influence mm-hmm. guitar player called robin ford mm-hmm who is really, really one of my biggest influence. Yeah. Now, the thing is, when I listen to him, you know, of course, I when I when I hear him, mm-hmm. he sounds exactly like, like himself. Yeah. I mean, there's no one that you can compare him to. Mm-hmm. But the thing is that what did he do? He listened to B.B. King. He listened to Albert Collins. He listened to Mike Bloomfield, who was mm-hmm. a big, big uh, influence in him. Then he listened to horn players like John Coltrane, Charlie Parker, Miles Davis. Mm-hmm. So when you hear his playing, you will not hear anything that is from Miles Davis or from John Coltrane or from Charlie Parker or from Mike Bloomfield. Mm -hmm. But you hear that he's got a very unique style of playing. So the thing is, so then you go back and you listen to who he is to listen to, Mm -hmm. to see what must have been his thought process. How did how did he interpret their music in his way? Mm -hmm. You know, that kind of stuff. So what I do. It's like I never really sit and work out licks. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I jam along with those players. You put on their music and jam along with it. Mm-hmm. Suddenly you pick up a little lick and it's gone past, right? Yeah. And by the time you know it, you're playing it, but you're playing it wrong. But that element of mistake that you made in playing it means that you're playing it in your own way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You're interpreting it in your own way. Yeah. So that's basically what he did. So the thing is that when you go back and you listen to these guys... Now, you can hear that Mike Bloomfield used a lot of chromatic notes when he played blues. He had a certain play- way of playing fast notes, you know. Mm-hmm. He loved bending the sixth note, you know, on, on a mm-hmm. chord. Like he was playing an A blues, he'd bend that F sharp note. So, you see, all these things is what's coming to Robin Ford's playing, but he's made it his own and he sounds like himself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I think it's very important, especially when you hear players like, uh, especially fusion like say fusion players like you know you hear scott anderson mm. or you hear or you hear uh, somebody you know, i mean whoever you want to listen to pat metheny you know mm. you go and listen to their thing they'll go back i mean pat metheny was very influenced by jim hall and uh, who was very influenced by charlie christian so you hear all these things and you can tell you know that you know it's once you get down to that root thing which is the simpler simpler form of the music that maybe your idol plays, you know. Mm-hmm. You can understand where they took that simpler form and made it their own and took it like two steps forward, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
you know it's very good because what it does it develops your roots hmm. you know in a simpler way and then you can take it and keep playing it till it becomes your own and then you start interpreting those things when your own way mm-hmm. when your own creativity kicks into it yeah yeah when you're not copying anymore you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that's that's really interesting, and you know, yeah. like for example, I was uh, just listening to, uh, I forgot the name of the instructor. He uh, so he he, uh, he was playing Brisin by uh, George Benson. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And George Benson, I, when I listened to him, uh, you know, so the name uh, the name sounds very familiar, but I couldn't recall. And then after some time. I just realized that he he was uh, the one who was saying nothing gonna change my love for you, which yeah, yeah. I used to hear my dad play. Yeah. <laughs> so I never thought that he was uh, he he was singing that. Then uh, you know it kind of later on fix it all together, put it. Uh, Now the thing the is, yeah. um, see, take uh, George Benson for example. Mm. When you listen to him, you got to know that he is the biggest influence that he had was from Wes Montgomery. Mm-hmm. Now, when you listen to West Montgomery, you'll be able to tell where George Benson comes from. Yeah. Though George Benson doesn't sound like West Montgomery at mm-hmm. all, but you see the thought process, where he learned the techniques of playing in octaves. Yeah. Where he learned certain kind of lines. That's all from West Montgomery. Yeah, and for example, the Brisin. If you break down Brisin, for example, it was a very simple, catchy tune, right? Yeah. And but. Uh, when you listen to it it sounds very complicated but when you really ex- yeah. break it down it's just a normal scale that is being run through but although you know the phrasing yeah. and everything is different but uh, yeah. yeah and in that note uh, do you think that uh, you know in today's uh, music scene, scene especially with mm-hmm. the bollywood and you know going on do you think that uh, Uh, the complex music is uh, kind of taking the back seat and you know catching tune and all of those stuff actually 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 that's true because i mean like today even rock is taken a back seat which is yeah. really sad there's no new rock coming out there's no new i mean though guitar players are doing pretty well like people like plini mm-hmm. and uh, you know the whole lot yeah. you know gasrik govan all these guys they perform quite a lot you know and there's a fan following that they have and they managed to sell albums but uh, yes as far as complex music is concerned i mean there is still an audience for jazz and whatnot mm. but nothing like it used to be i mean like for example miles davis and herbie and coconut mm. when they released their music in the 60s it was on the popular charts yeah it was on the radio playing with whatever was playing then you know whatever yeah, pop or yeah. motown or soul or whatever was playing then this music played with it mm. which is pretty cool you know which is pretty cool so and those people made money selling those albums you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. now of course the entire scene has changed i mean one is with the internet of course mm. you know because everybody wants everything for free and uh, the also the thing is that pop is kind of taken over mm. and uh, even though pop is very good i mean there's a lot of good music out there there's lovely songwriters and all mm. unfortunately it doesn't have a shelf life which is very long you know yeah yeah especially without say especially with chart pop you know exactly you'd have songs you know with whoever you know i mean like you know i mean i don't want to take names but whoever mm-hmm. it comes and it's on the charts for like a month maybe and then it's gone yeah and you know when you look at when you yeah. listen to the chart uh, everything sounds so similar right right so i think uh, also do you think that you know well, uh, our attention span has really really gone down that we don't have uh, well Yeah, in fact, uh, partly to blame is I think the whole the way of listening to music yeah. now. You know where 
I mean, where like when we listen to music, you know, and when like in the teenage years, a friend of ours got an album mm-hmm. from abroad, maybe, mm. and uh, first of all, we landed up with cassettes to make copies yeah. of it. But also, we sat and listened to the entire album back to back. You know, exactly. You couldn't. It was too much of a hassle to pick up the needle and put it on to the next one, <laughs> next song. You know, you went and listened to the entire album in its entirety. And it's the same thing with CDs. Yeah. Even with CDs, you listen to it fully. But now, in fact, uh, I've heard people. You know, when they get together and they listen to music, they're not even listening to the entire song. Hmm. You listen to one song, you zap to the next song, and you zap to the next song. So. that attention span has become very small mm, you know mm. and i think uh, the entire digital and visual medium is to blame for that you know because yeah. everything is there at a click you can click on this you can click on that i mean nobody opens encyclopedias anymore nobody exactly. opens an atlas anymore mm. there are people who don't know what an atlas is you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah and and i think uh, you know with the internet and whatever what not that we are uh, yeah, the, the options that we are given i think that's yeah. uh, like you mentioned that's one to blame and also the quality yeah. of music that comes out is also uh, another thing because it's yeah. so easy for anyone to launch themselves right unlike yeah. uh, the traditional way of getting a label and then you know you launch it yeah. now you can you don't need that anymore you just record your stuff and right. put it out on youtube and then you know you can of distribute course. it so that in that way there are tons of artists out there some may be good yes. some may be not good yeah. so i think that is also one you know one uh, to blame one thing to blame because we don't get yeah. that kind of uh, you need to really search for a good music to listen nowadays that's what i feel yes of course but having said that there is a lot of good music yeah, out there yeah. i mean i've been listening to some stuff recommended by people and uh, it is very nice but then that's not necessarily the most popular mm-hmm. but uh, i mean today putting out your music is easy but monetizing it is a little difficult yeah you know in terms of you know making money at it you know i mean unless you're doing commercial kind of music where you know you're creating music which is going to be used for mm-hmm. television it's going to be used for you know different kinds of things which people do mm-hmm. but then that's a very small market segment you know yeah, exactly. and to break into that is very difficult yeah yeah exactly yeah monetization is another thing to you know mm-hmm. that is quite difficult yeah. for every artist and you know uh, like we said uh, you know uh, this uh, having uh, complex music is complex music uh, I, w- i will just say complex music because the the genre yeah. and everything there's too much to right. break down so that taking a back seat, uh, back seat do you think it's coming back some uh, down the line well actually as far as trends go and as far as uh, choices go there's always things come full circle you know mm-hmm. and uh, it just takes one song of a particular genre which catches somebody's attention and then catches the public attention and before mm. you know it it becomes a trend again yeah so so you know i mean i don't know what that trend will be right now but so far i mean over the last few years it's just been pop which has been very big yeah. and uh, and in bollywood that way luckily we've been able to do many different styles of music mm-hmm. which we are still able to do whether it's rock or whether it's dance or whether it's hip hop you know you can still do that Mm-hmm. But then, even there, there have been trends. You know, like cover versions was a big trend. You know, in the mm-hmm. last few years, and uh, now we had a release, uh, Shankar Sanlaw on Amazon, mm-hmm. called the Bandish Bandits, yeah, which is yeah. an 
interesting and you know the most of the music in that is popular is classical hmm. you know indian classical and that's become popular so you know what i mean so there's yeah. a trend anything can set it off you know and before hmm. you know it it can become a trend yeah exactly yeah and yeah and like like you said everything goes uh, goes around and come around again right so absolutely and you know uh, the the kind of equipment like for example uh, with the everybody is crazy about equipments and you know i need to get that yeah. you know for example yeah. uh, as a singer if, uh, they might uh, everyone might think that you know if i have this particular mic my voice will sound good my voice will be better yeah. and my production quality will go up but right but in most of the cases that's not the uh, that's not the key yeah that's right? not the case i mean i mean you can buy you can buy millions of dollars of equipment but the thing is that a if you don't have a good song and b if you're not a good artist yeah it's you're not going to be able to hide that nothing can nothing can hide that you know? yeah so talent yeah. talent is the most important thing talent and content content yeah. your music has to be good you know mm. and the thing is that i mean i come across a lot of demos of people and you know mm. even releases on spotify and all which i listen to and you know maybe the song is good you know the singing sometimes is good and very often there are a lot of good artists too i mean i'm not saying that but the production is very bad you know you'd say that you know man this could be so much better if it was done properly mm. so i think uh, having a, just an avenue to release music easily like youtube and the internet doesn't necessarily mean that you should shirk in any way on your quality yeah yeah you know you should always run it by people you know and try and figure out you know that man you know is this good or is this bad and more than anything be a judge of it yourself because it's so easy to be absolutely subjective about your own work and say that you know i'm i love this yeah you're going to love everything that you do mm. but to have that capacity of saying that no this is not good and i think i need to work on it more mm-hmm. is really a big plus point and a big attribute if you've got that you know yeah yeah that that i yeah, yeah that is important and you know uh, uh, self self reflection is quite important in that as Definitely. well yeah because you uh, as a designer myself also you ended up falling in love with your own concept and when the client said yeah. uh, i don't like this please change it then you kind of yeah. get irritated by that right yes. so similarly yeah, for course. every creative industry that applies so i think yeah. uh, you need to know yourself but at the same time know your roots and also know that there is always room for improvement correct correct totally yeah, yeah. and uh, the indian independent music scene is quite uh, interesting as well that's what i see yes of course of course and uh, you know do you think uh, in today's world uh, do you think it's still required to have the major labels signed to you or well actually you know it all kinds of depends you know i mean i just think because uh, the labels have got a lot of uh, clout in terms of uh, in terms of distribution yeah in terms of getting your music out to more people like if you release a video on sony's youtube channel mm. you are assured that it will get so many views mm. but that yet is only views you know but like yeah. think with the monetization is the main thing you know yeah. today i mean and today the only way that you really most artists can make money is to play shows yeah which is also difficult and right now of course it's almost impossible because of the whole pandemic mm-hmm. but uh, yeah having a label is of is of an advantage but uh, with the right kind of marketing and the with it, i mean if you can spend money mm. to do promotions on uh, social media mm. you can get your music out there to a lot of people you know but that doesn't necessarily mean 
that you're going to see a lot of money from it because you know i mean streaming and all that unless you hit huge numbers yeah you don't really see that much money you know yeah exactly yeah and streaming uh, i mean uh, it sounds very easy and then you know tempting for uh, all the musicians yeah. but in reality it's quite difficult to make the money out of it that's yeah. what i heard everyone is saying like especially and like, and not only mm-hmm. and not only us i mean not only people here artists from all over the world you know yeah. big artists you know who've not made much money from streaming yeah like spotify they used to say that it's good for the uh, for the listener not, but not for the artist that yeah well actually the thing is spotify and all have their rules very well set mm-hmm. that way mm-hmm. but it's the labels in between that you know have their contracts and all as such that they take a big chunk of it away mm-hmm. because of technicalities you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and you know uh, like uh, people from north is especially uh, people who are really interested into getting into the real league of uh, musicians mm-hmm. how how mm-hmm. how do you think they can get through it and, and what are the Uh, what do you suggest they should do well actually uh, the thing is that you know i mean especially with things like social media and stuff like mm. that you know to form your community mm. is very important you know and mm. the thing is that a lot of people have to work hard at doing it it's not just something that you can sit and do you got to be at it practically every day in fact people musicians say that's more work mm. than actually creating the music you know you've yeah. got to go out there you've got to promote you've got to make sure that there is some visibility of your of your of your work every day you know there's uh, and collaborations and you know that kind of stuff so it's a lot of work and uh, i do see a lot of people from the northeast doing that mm. but uh, but then also i think you know there's a lot more than that you have to do and you know maybe they've got to talk to the right people you know and not just like the other day i was talking to uh, the guitar player from uh, avora records mm-hmm. and i was talking to him that you know man you know that you got to get more you've got to get put on to playlists and stuff like that you know with uh, with uh, you know spotify and with itunes and you know whoever releases your music mm. so that is very essential you know to get those kind of playlists and also that you get the visibility mm. even one single goes out you know you'll know that it's got so many thousands of views or whatever and that you like you say you never know what can happen if one song goes out and somebody picks it up in the world somewhere mm. anything can change you know yeah 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 Yeah, yeah. And also I think uh, like you uh, like we previously mentioned content content is king. So uh, Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah. uh, somewhere down the line I I feel that you know uh, because in northeast mainly what happen is that we follow the western culture kind of try yeah. to imitate that. So in in, right. in 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 the sense of music as well I think the originality somewhere needs to come out. Yeah the originality I think is uh, definitely more in terms of the way you approach your songwriting you know mm-hmm. when you when the emotion is correct when the feel is correct you know I don't think that it would even matter whether you whatever language your yeah. song was in you know yeah, yeah. I mean like african music has made it big at a time latin american music yeah. is big even now you know mm-hmm. all over the world so you know i think uh, whether to be influenced by western or to be influenced by you know whatever that doesn't really matter mm. but i think really what's important is to make sure that you have an originality mm. and that you got a soul in your music which is really important no? yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah just a little bit technical you know uh, yeah. what what do your uh, change sub, uh, signal change look like usually when you do your stuff 
Well, actually, uh, when I'm in the recording studio, I uh, mainly uh, record direct, mm -hmm. which I, uh, you know, I use an Axe FX3 mm -hmm. and uh, use that to plug into the board. And, uh, you know, I'm, I get a lot of good sounds out of it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, well, and when I'm playing blues gig, like I've got a pedal board here, which has uh, a, a variety of pedals. I've got a couple of pedals by Strymon, which is like a timeline yeah, delay yeah. and a Mobius for the modulation then i've got an overdrive pedal which i like very much which is made in germany mm -hmm. it's called the webo dumbledore and uh, do you want to hear it do you want to hear yeah, it yeah yeah that would be fine yeah so basically uh it's this pedal which is made in germany mm -hmm. and uh, one second oh god i pulled the headphone out yeah it basically uh imitates the sound of a dumble amplifier mm -hmm. which which you might have heard of yeah yeah and uh you know, like if this is my, uh, one sec, if this is my clean sound, one sec, huh? yeah, okay, so here we go, that's my clean sound, mm -hmm. and it's got two channels, so I mean, when you put on one channel, it just gives you a light overdrive, that's so so then, and then it's got a second channel, mm -hmm which kicks in one more gain state. So it gives you a really lovely, uh, warm, smooth. It gives you great, uh, like a, the dynamics are beautiful because you can really dig in. It's mm -hmm. very chewy, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So that's a lot of fun. And it can be a so are you it sounds aggressive. Sorry? It, it can sound aggressive as well, like you've played. Yeah. Um, as very well. yeah, you can play like hard rock with mm -hmm. it, you know, if you want, but I mean not not uh, death metal yeah. uh, <laughs> So you know you can play that kind of stuff here. Yeah. And uh, I uh, if I'm not mistaken, Luxia was it right? Uh, there was a um, blues like uh, kind of a uh, an, an acoustic uh, is it Luxia? Oh, oh well, ah yes, Lux Luxia. Luxia that had yeah. an acoustic blue. Yeah, it yeah. was. Uh, I was quite surprised to hear that, <laughs> and I look into it, and then um, I mean the usual suspect. You're it talking was about your, yeah, you're talking about this. Yeah, yeah, that was just. Uh, just typical experimenting, which we like to do, mm -hmm. fusing styles and stuff like that, you know. So that's uh, and that happened on that song. And do you get a lot of uh, room to experiment in when you work with a uh, brick production like this? Yes, of course we do. I mean, that's what's expected of us, mm -hmm. you know, at some level. So we really have a blast doing that, you know, because they're saying that y'all add your thing to the song you know that mm. kind of thing and do you ever yeah. do you ever get like a, they uh, for example they say that you do your own thing and then later on they say to, you know uh, i'm not really feeling it <laughs> well actually that does happen see because uh, doing music for a film it's a sum total of many people that you're working with mm. director producer you know so it's got to work out for everybody because you know it's not like you're just doing it for yourself yeah you know yeah. if you're doing your own album it's a different thing but if you're doing you know yeah uh, song for somebody else then you have to satisfy them as well yeah and it was really funny when you said you know in one of the show that you, um, you, you were mentioning that you, you were supposed to be recording with this, the band and uh, yeah 
they your guitar is in tune but they ask you to tune it uh, detune it in a different way yeah in fact when i was playing with uh, when i was playing doing a film recording mm. and uh, they were telling me that no your guitar is not in tune my guitar was perfectly in tune mm. with my tuner you know so but i was not in tune with the strings yeah. and actually they the entire band in the films in those days i'm talking about very early like mm-hmm. the 80s they used to tune to the vibraphone yeah. the vibraphone gave the tuning notes for everybody mm-hmm. now if you hear the vibraphone itself it's got it's a vibraphone to so mm. think about the name of the actual sound it's not a constant kind of sound mm-hmm. you know, and you hear a tongue it's got a little modulation in it. yeah yeah but for some reason everybody tuned to that so i wasn't out of tune with the vibraphone because i was digitally 100% in tune yeah yeah so luckily the guitar player next to me uh, he passed away last year sadly uh, his name is ramesh ayer and he was very famous guitar player in the studios he just whispered in my ear he said put on your chorus so i said are you sure so he said yeah just put on your chorus i put on your chorus and say oh this is lovely tuning now what the chorus is actually done is actually detune your guitar yeah <laughs> you know so so yeah i mean that was just a what an experience that was yeah, i remember you, you might have quite a lot of experience like that while working in the industry yeah, lots, for uh, lots, for such lots, a long time and uh, lots yeah and uh, how was your jo- uh, how was your experience with mi and did you ever go back to it after your graduation no i've met uh, i've met the professors and all quite a few times every time i've been to america hmm. but uh, i've not had a chance to go back to the school and i believe a lot of it's changed completely from hmm. what i was what it was like when i was there i was in there what was there called the golden years you know yeah, yeah. which were 1976 to 1985 and uh, it was a beautiful experience i mean what do i say to be in a school like that for a year with so many fabulous musicians i mean you're talking about musicians who are like top quality you know and they're not even teachers they're just students you know yeah yeah so you meet all kinds of people playing different styles of music there were guys who went to country into rock metal fusion i mean so you could be talking to somebody and learn something new from any of the students every day yeah and did you any any uh, did, did when you go in there the uh, has your perspective completely changed or it was like absolutely oh absolutely it gave me so much of a wider look towards the music mm. you know and uh, my main lesson which i learned from there is not to suffer from tunnel vision mm. to do to be able to do all kinds of stuff you know so that you can be a working musician mm-hmm. you know and that was so i went to every class i mean i don't know a lot of the stuff that i learned i went to classical guitar class and all that and i still can't do that mm-hmm. but i sat in on it i sat in on it just to hear you know what it was like you mm-hmm. know and to get some knowledge of it you know mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, were you taking uh, uh, any cl- uh, i i guess you were already at a very good level before you even went to the mi Well, actually, no. I was at a still a very basic level, and I could play some lead and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And uh, but a knowledge of chords and harmony and all was zero. Mm-hmm. But I knew some exercises and all that my teacher had taught me. Mm-hmm. So that was of some help. Then it would quite be a challenge to get in the uh, get there. Yeah. Yeah. The the and uh, but uh, luckily I kind of fitted in, you know, quite well. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of information to absorb for one year, mm-hmm. but. Uh, whatever it was you know it was good yeah and when you come back it would be uh, everything that you used to know would be quite a different perspective right yeah, when you come back yeah because the thing is that you know what happens that yeah. suddenly uh, 
at one level you're thinking about what you're playing mm. that oh man I'm playing an A7 so I can play mixolydian I can play melodic minor I can do this and all that but the point is that when you stop thinking that way mm. and it becomes part of you naturally you know yeah yeah then it makes it very interesting um.